experience, bitch. Welcome to Experience Beige, the podcast where longtime friends discuss science fiction and fantasy stuff. Uh, for the next several episodes of this podcast, we'll be talking about The Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, on Disney Plus, and then I think after that, we'll probably discuss um, Loki. I think there are there that one follows pretty shortly after um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, I. This was going to be an, uh, 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 a topic that I didn't warn Hugo about, but I, he, he has since learned of my uh, idea. So we need to talk about the, uh, the Snyder, Zack Zach Snyder's uh, Justice League is a, the official title, I believe. Um, so Hugo is our res- resident expert on the DC Extended Universe. And by expert, I mean he's he actually watches them. <laughs> I've actually seen them, as opposed to you, who just won't bother. <laughs> no, I I will not. In fact, I have. So I think the only ones I've seen are the first Wonder Woman, and then Birds of Prey. Because I actually have a list. I was curious. Um, I I wrote down. I I've just been intrigued by how well reviewed. This, this Zack Snyder Justice League is. So I kind of jotted down... This is just going by Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I jotted down kind of the reviews, uh, uh, or at least the, the score, of the other DC Extended Universe movies. And it does kind of stand out. Obviously, like, the original Wonder Woman was, you know, pretty popular, like, universally well-regarded. Uh, and that had a critical score of 93 and then like a, an audience score of 83. So, and then birds of prey, just because that's the other one I saw, uh, uniquely has both the same critic score and audience score, which doesn't happen that often, or at least in this DC extended universe, usually the critic score is low is lower than the, the fan score, the audience score. Mm-hmm. So, but in the case of birds of prey, 78 versus 78. Oh, uh, the original Justice League, so the the first version, it had a critic score of forty, and an audience score of seventy one. What? And then this seventy one percent of people approved of that movie. <laughs> oh wait, if your mind's blown already, just wait. Justice League's or Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, critic score seventy four, which is amazing. The audience score, which there's some shenanigans happening here, is 96. No way. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of people just ramming in, you know, repeat scores to kind of get it up. But yeah. I don't know how that works. I know people, I've heard people, I think this audience score is is hard to have faith in. Although, if people aren't doing that, maybe it would be okay. Uh, the As far as I understand it, the critic score is just, you know, it's all a bunch of critics from around the globe, and they just kind of try to capture the whether that it's, um, you know, fresh or not. And so that, I you know, I feel like is probably pretty accurate in the audience score 
Uh, who knows? <laughs> I don't think ninety six percent of the people who saw it gave it essentially like a thumbs up. Although, but... although I mean, there probably are shenanigans. Although, if you think about it, since it is at home streaming and it's a an extended cut of an existing movie, like, and it's the people who go online and rate it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ninety six percent, but I could see, I guess, the score being higher, even if the movie wasn't. Even if the movie wasn't better, which which it sounds like it is, you could see where like I mean this would be the hardcore fans at this point who are <laughs> yeah. coming back for an extended cut of, of this. Well, and that's my question. So you have you have not seen the new version uh, unless you have seen it in the last couple of days and that I'm unaware. I was going to watch it in preparation for this podcast, but um, since I decided you didn't a better have an extra four hours, <laughs> <laughs> there was that. I also decided a better use of my time was to go back and rewatch uh, Captain America: Civil War to okay. prepare for nice. our, our, our our Falcon and Winter Soldier reviews. Okay. Um, I will say, in, in the reason I became the so-called DCU uh, expert in our group was you might remember, Dave, uh, my infamous review review of Batman versus Superman. When <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, Batman versus Superman, critic score twenty nine percent. Uh-huh. And uh, audience score a relatively low seventy three percent, or that's not seventy three, sixty three percent. So Ooh. anyway. Go ahead. Well, that's interesting because I remember you and uh, everyone else in our friend group refused to go watch that movie, <laughs> and I went to see it and came back, and you all asked me my opinion, and um, my very succinct review was, I don't regret watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about the best, that was about the only compliment I could muster <laughs> about that film. <laughs> um, whereas, whereas, I will say... That Justice League, the original theatrical cut, I regret watching that. That was two plus hours, two and a half hours of my life that I wish I could have back. That was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, Batman vs. Superman, for all its flaws, and it has many, at least had moments of grandeur that sort of were interesting to watch on a big screen. Uh, Justice League was just an <laughs> unmitigated disaster. It's probably the worst superhero movie of the, I mean, of the modern superhero era. <laughs> I, I honestly can't think of a worse superhero movie, and I've seen most of them. So that, yeah, that's interesting. So so yeah, so I've only seen a couple of these DC movies. They just so I I mean I don't mean to harp on these uh, these scores here. I mean I think people should see whatever movie whatever movies they want to see. I think I just tend to use. Rotten Tomatoes, or you could use Metacritic or something, just something that kind of gathers a, a consensus from, you know, professional reviewers, or at least reviewers who are putting some thought into the review and aren't just an, an audience score. Um, because, you know, much like a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, you only have so much time to see, and now we can't really see movies, although in depending on where you live, they're opening up more movie theaters and things. But, you know, I'm talking, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, you know, I can only see so many movies. It's just, I, you know, only have so much time in a day. And so I like to make sure at least I that I feel like I'm going to enjoy the movie, that the movie's going to be at least decent. So I put some weight behind these, uh, the, you know, scores like this. And what's interesting looking back is a lot of these movies are not <laughs> well uh, well uh, reviewed, and what kind of surprised me even more, I, I I didn't write them all down, but uh, I was looking at Zack Snyder in general, and I kind of had in my head that 
you know, maybe prior to him moving into the the DC movie. So his first DC movie is Man of Steel, and that's 56 critic score, 75 um, audience score. And I guess I just thought prior to that, he was maybe more like better regarded, but he doesn't really have any movie that is. So he has like, gosh, uh, Dawn of the Dead or something was a horror movie or something was like his first movie, at least on Rotten Tomatoes. And that was like 75% critic score. And that's like the highest number of any movie. What about 300? No, 300 was like, and I didn't write it down, but it was like in the 60s, like low 60s for high, very high audience score from what I remember. So that was like well regarded from the audience. But critically, even like, you know, so like 300 and Watchmen were both like in the 60s. And I thought I remember, and 300 was like a big hit. It, you know, it had a, you know, big box office numbers. So I guess maybe that's what I'm thinking of is like people went to see it. The audience generally had a, a a good time watching it. I didn't haven't seen that movie, but just judging by that score and, you know, and then I did see Watchmen and in the theater, I enjoyed it more than my recollection of it because I think there is some truth. I didn't coin this, but I think there is some truth to the idea that he kind of missed what Watchmen is about because he kind of <laughs> makes it into like a blockbuster beat up sort of movie. Whereas like the original graphic novel is kind of more depressing and like these people are, shouldn't be celebrated and he's kind of ma- giving them like glorifying action sequences and stuff like that, you know? Um, and then of course with, I really enjoyed the, the newer TV show, which to me is, even though it's a, an original plot is much more in line with the kind of feeling of the original um, graphic novel. So anyway, but I remember like at least thinking this is like kind of an enjoyable movie at the time. So that's neither here nor there. I just was kind of curious. Just to jump in though, that's interesting you say that about Watchmen because I I feel like Snyder's issue, I mean, I actually think Snyder is a good director in the sense in the way he composes scenes and the way he sort of choreographs action he, he's excellent he's very good at constructing scenes and 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 in a, in a visually striking and arresting way mm-hmm. I, I think my issue with snyder films has always been um you know take watchman for example he uh, or man of steel both of those are perfect examples of he takes these properties that have a very a very clear message or a very clear uh, ethos or or, or tone Mm-hmm. And just misses the point, like in yeah. his adaptations. <laughs> I mean, like you said, Watchmen is not a superhero blockbuster story. It's 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 almost it's actually an, commenting a, on that, you know. Yeah, it's it's almost an indictment of like <laughs> yeah. how psychologically damaged you would have to be to, to be like a vigilante, <laughs> yes. and how 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 depressing that would really be if if, if these people existed. Um, and and Man of Steel as well. Like Superman is meant to be, and again, this is not to say like authors or filmmakers can't take have their own spin on it or anything but to like do your own spin on something you have to understand the original and i feel like man of steel likewise did not understand the does not understand that superman's thing is like that he's a beacon of hope and instead he did this sort of moody examination of what it means to be like this isolated alien god being and it's like that's actually a cool superman story but not for this movie. Like this is not the the way to do that story. And and he just 
it just seems a lack of self-awareness of that, right? Even 300, right? Like it's one of the things I didn't appreciate about 300 that, you know, in, in reflecting on and reading it, I mean, 300 is, is propaganda, right? Like it is glorifying the Spartans. I don't mean propaganda like state run propaganda, but I mean like, like the story is a bit of like cultural propaganda. Like look at the 300, the Spartans, how great they are. And, and, and I think Frank Miller's comic was likewise sort of like aware of that. Like it is kind of, um, exaggerating and exemplifying their feats, um, and 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 exa- exaggerating as well the the enemy's sort of bad traits and everything. But I don't think Snyder got that. I don't think it, it's like you know. In thinking back to it, I enjoyed that film. I thought it was excellent um, as filmmaking. But and again, in terms of the story and the presentation, in thinking back to it, it now strikes me as if um, as if he did Starship Troopers. But unironically, right? Like, like member Starship Troopers was was poking fun at like fascist propaganda. Like, it seems like it's glorifying these people, but if you really think about the way it's constructed, it's it's clear that uh, Verhoeven was making fun and 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 sort of um, critiquing uh, fascist filmmaking. Whereas 300, I feel like he's just like, yep, they were awesome. Look how awesome they were, and look how bad and terrible the Persians were. It's like, uh. I think history is a little more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, it, so that it was interesting, kind of looking back again. I hadn't haven't seen I haven't seen most of his movies, so I can't really comment uh, comment on on some of these things. But uh, it was interesting looking back and kind of how it did. They didn't perform at least critically as well as I had thought. I thought maybe kind of he veered off course a little bit with like the DC universe, but he's also he's always kind of been in that lane, I guess, as a filmmaker of just kind of making these bombastic movies that maybe critics don't always appreciate and maybe the audience likes a little bit more than the critics. Um, so so that, so that when I'm seeing the critics, 74%, the, in my mind, somewhat dubious 96% from the audience, but compared to... 40 for the original Justice League. I, I think what I didn't understand not having seen either of these movies, it sounds like the, the they're fairly different from each other, not just the extended mm. screen time, but like he went out and reshot some, like, so Joss Whedon apparently, re, you know, shot a bunch of his own stuff and then Zack Snyder didn't use any of that stuff and then restored some you know a bunch of his footage that Joss Whedon didn't want to use, and then reshot more stuff. So, so I guess it's it, it's more different between each other than maybe I originally thought. I mean, obviously there's two hours more content coming from somewhere, but so I just thought it was like you know let's just scrape everything off the cutting room floor and just throw it all in together because we have it. But I it seems like it's. A more of a different movie than that, um, and so hopefully people are getting what they want. Because I, I just assumed it was kind of the the internet having a a bit of fun and be like, yes, release the Snyder <laughs> cut. We must have it. You know, kind of a, a Bodie McBoatface sort of yeah. experience. But you know, maybe people really wanted it, and now they have it. And I think that's pretty cool and something that is you know kind of neat about these streaming services. Because frankly. They needed content, and they're like, people seem to be clamoring for this, including the actors, so let's do it. I mean, they spent millions more money on, the, on doing this new version of it. It wasn't like they just, it was free to do. They had to do reshoots and things. So I, I just find this whole, I have no interest in seeing this movie whatsoever, but I do find it 
fascinating this whole thing all this stuff that around it um so i so my question for you so you said it you said it uh the original justice league was two and a half hours it may have felt like two and a half hours but it was actually according again i just got this off of rotten tomatoes one hour and 59 minutes so basically two hours really it felt much longer <laughs> than that <laughs> and i'm assuming they probably like you know I don't want to get into the Josh Sweden stuff because I don't think that's what our podcast is about. But they probably told Josh Whedon, this cannot be longer than two hours, is my guess. Something like that. to one know? hour and 59 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then this new cut, this new version, is four hours and two minutes. So basically exactly four hours, exactly twice as long. And I'm sure that incorporates credits and stuff. So who knows yeah. how long the actual runtime is. But... My question to you, and again, I just got done saying that apparently this movie is different, you know, so it's this is not an entirely fair question. But when you saw that first version of the movie and you came out and you <laughs> did you say to yourself, you know, there's flaws like this movie has flaws. I didn't love it. But if only it were twice as long, if oh, only God. there were two hours of more stuff, <laughs> this would make the movie better. Like, that's what blows my mind about it. It's yeah. four hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's crazy. I No, that movie was terrible, 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 terrible. Um, I had no intention of going back and watching something now twice as long. I, I will say, though, in reading these critic reviews, I, I have now become drawn like a moth to the flame to, to be to be burned once more, I guess. Um, and I am planning on watching it out of a morbid curiosity at how this mess of a film could could actually be improved by doubling its length. I, I you know, reading about it in all seriousness, reading about the reviews has helped. It it, it does seem like fundamentally a different film. Um, the original one of the problems with the original is that it lacked any emotional core there was there was just it, there was just it was just plot beat after plot beat with no real emotional depth or core it seems like the new one centers on cyborg a lot more mm -hmm. and his journey uh and and i mean it develops all the heroes but it also really adds cyborg gives cyborg a lot more depth and makes him sort of the heart of the film uh, again i don't know if this is right or not it's just what i read the other thing it seems to do is i remember the first one like it just it just jump it was just odd like so it's not a spoiler because it's the movie's a few years old now to say that like superman comes back from the dead which again was an odd choice to even kill him off like it was like man of steel batman vs superman he dies and now justice league he comes back and and i guess the odd part to me is why did they even kill him off like mm -hmm. if you're not going to have a few films or stories where he's his absence is felt what is the point of that absence if it's just like he died in one movie, oh, now we're bringing him back, and, and in the original Justice League, they bring him back, and it's like, oh, he's like evil now, and it gets resolved really quick. I mean, it was less than two hours. Like, how long can you drag that out? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so it was just like – so that whole death and resurrection of Superman thing, like – I mean, it struck me as completely pointless for, for the two films. Like, I just, I still to this day don't under, I mean, there must have been something missing, right? Like some film or film missing. There were missing. two hours missing. Is yeah, or missing. two hours missing. <laughs> um, the other thing was, uh, apart from what a jumbled mess of film was, the, the climax was just, it was just dumb. It was like the dumbest, like, climax. To, I mean, superhero movies often have dumb big battles at the end, but this one just really made no sense. Um, so, so hopefully this one fleshes it out a lot more. I will say that the way I'm planning on watching it, though, because I heard he divides it into 
six or seven acts, I guess, with even uh, with with each with their own title, even. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna read it like comic books. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and watch like a half hour or however long each act is, you know, each a day, and just be like, okay, there was issue one. Now you know tomorrow I'll come back and read issue two, and come back and read issue three. Um, one because I don't have four hours to just sit through straight for this movie, <laughs> but also I feel like. You know, you're making a superhero movie in this way. Let's okay, cool. I'll re I'll watch it like a superhero story, like in 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 chapter installments. So, I'll, I'll report back to our listeners. Yeah, on that's how your that goes. homework. Yeah. Your homework <laughs> is to watch this, and then this will be part one of this conversation. We'll have part two, and then we could actually somebody will ha- actually have watched it and can weigh in on it. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by it. I'm again. I haven't particular even Wonder the first Wonder Woman, very tonally different than the Zack Snyder stuff. Like I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as other people seem to. So I'm not really. I'm kind of intrigued by the new Batman. Like to, I'll be curious to see how that shakes out and what people seem to think of that. And I actually kind of. I actually kind of like Birds of Prey. It wasn't a great movie, but I thought it was pretty good and enjoyable. And, you know, Margot Robbie is, I think, pretty good as the main character, as uh, Harley Quinn. And it's just kind of fun to watch her do Harley Quinn stuff. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really... Whereas in the MCU, I feel... And I haven't even seen every single MCU movie. I skipped kind of like the the Ant-Man movies... Uh, even though people have said those are entertaining, I just like I started to get a little overwhelmed. Like it's like when comic books, and I'm sure they still do this, where it would be a plot line, but you would have to read all of the different issues that you wouldn't normally like. Continued in Iron Man issue three, and you now ne- you don't collect Iron Man, yeah, but you right. but you need to now because that's the continuation of the story. And I, I on a whole, I enjoy the MCU movies a lot. I think they're uh, generally well done, um, but I started getting burned out, and so I didn't even feel compelled to dip my toe into the DC version of this stuff because there's just now there's a whole nether universe of movies to keep mm-hmm. up with. So, uh, so I can't really speak to them that much. But, but yeah, that'll be your homework to to watch it and come back. Uh, and I've I've heard that if if there wasn't slow motion in it, it would be more like a three-hour movie. So maybe <laughs> I believe that'll... It. I believe it. I mean, 300 would have been like a 10-minute film without the slow motion. <laughs> so, and the other thing I heard that I'll be curious to get your take on is, so even though, like you said, you know, like I think a lot of the content is to give kind of... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of characters on there. There's a, you know, it's the whole Justice League, and some are more established than others. But you know, like you mentioned, Cyborg. I think is this the first time Cy was Cyborg in an earlier movie, or is no, this his this first is movie? His first okay, appearance. so this is kind of an origin movie for Cyborg, and maybe this version of Flash. I don't know. Like, there's characters who haven't really seen, who haven't had their solo movies right. prior to this, and. Maybe by fleshing that those characters out and kind of giving, like you said, more of an emotional core to the mo- to the movie, I could see how that would add, you know, sig- potentially significant runtime to it. But at the same time, kind of what I get from what I'm hearing uh, or what I'm reading uh, is that it's 
the 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 four hours is more of that stuff. It's not like necessarily more plot. It's not like oh, we only got part one in the original version. Now this is part two. There's still like cliffhangers. It's still like was kind of setting up uh, you know sequel movies and stuff that are likely not going to happen. So uh, anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to hear okay. what you think, but we'll we'll uh, shift over now to kind of to the Marvel side of things, um, and I actually found this kind of in maybe just to uh, since we've been talking about the movies and a, you know DC cinematic universe, obviously the, this these TV shows that Marvel's doing now are an extension of the of the Marvel movies, and unlike. WandaVision. So, both all of these shows, although Loki, you know, he was featured as a, you know, he got quite a bit of screen time over the course of the MCU. Yeah. So, he's not really what I'd call a minor character. Some of these other characters, we haven't got as much screen time. They don't have solo movies necessarily. So, in WandaVision, we see Wanda and the Vision, and but they're doing something that they probably wouldn't do as a film, even right. though last time I discussed you could potentially do this as a movie but it would be you would have to significantly change things you wouldn't do the all the homages to the different eras of television for instance um whereas this at least going by one episode feels like especially that opening action sequence with the falcon that felt like something you would see at a movie oh yeah you know? oh yeah i mean i felt just as good a quality like if this was oh i'm sitting down to watch the falcon his solo movie premiere yeah. That's this is what my expectations would be like. Some whoa, whoa, and as somebody who last episode was kind of dogging the Falcon a little I bit. I was for, thinking of you during that action sequence, Dave. For, I was thinking of you. I was like, mm, Dave's gonna eat his words. I, I will, I will, because like, and again, this is kind of more what I expected from the TV shows. Like, oh, we're gonna take characters who we haven't maybe seen as much in the movies and give them a little bit more time to shine as a TV show, and you know, Wanda did that in a different way. And this one is kind of like, what if we took what would be a movie and and do more of a, a, a TV version of it? And maybe we just, I guess we just haven't given the Falcon his his time to shine like this uh, because they were very good use of it. I mean, I guess you can't really call them powers of his tech of his wings uh, using him as shields and just everything was very cool. I thought uh, just that action sequence was just very thrilling to me as good as anything you would see in a MCU movie. Yeah, it was a great opening. I mean, I just the canyon chasing the helicopters coming out and the, the way he used his, his tech too was, you know, one thing the Marvel movies have gotten better about is is maximizing the ways in which these people would use their powers or their abilities. You know, um, not to go on a whole side tangent, but you and I have talked before about how Star Wars movies, like the Jedi always seem to forget their cool powers whenever the battle needs to be more exciting. Like mm-hmm. you could do a force push <laughs> or, or, or whatever and like they just forget to do it because it it would just totally <laughs> never have the scene. Kind of mentioned that a little bit uh the Mandalorian when they you know, when they've had the when it was uh Ahsoka versus I forget the other lady, oh, yeah, the lady who that's had right. the spear and there's kind that. of like uh, couldn't she's not a the fighting a Jedi. Ahsoka could just like force pusher against or a wall the and knock her away. Out. Yeah, there was so that, yeah, right. That was a perfect scene where it was like it's a cool battle but um <laughs> really yeah. it should have played out differently. And and I feel like the Marvel movies have gotten really good about like 
you you know, I was watching. So I watched Civil War again, and I, in my mind, I'd kind of like remember it being the, the opening battle in Lagos where they go after Crossbones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Crossbones doesn't have superpowers, and so I don't. I didn't remember that battle as being. Um, like super cool but like watching it again now like um it was really well filmed and and choreographed like the the way like it wasn't about powers but it, the the martial arts and the choreography of the fight was was actually really well done and and falcon even then was was far better utilized than he had been in winter soldier like mm-hmm. he was doing stuff like the shield block and everything and i feel like this um this opening for falcon and winter soldier was was the next level of that like the way he would do things was clear that this was a man experience with this stuff. Even 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 a simple moment like when he's on the on the on the plane and and he wants to like he he like he does a little rocket boost to leap leap mm-hmm. leap past the guy and then turns yeah. around like that. It's like yeah, you would do that if you had a rocket pack on your back. Like you would do it to move around the battlefield like really fast. Yeah. Um, and the way he uses his, his wings as a shield seemed very like um like he had done this numerous times. Uh, the, the just 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 the, and 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 props to the director the geography you know I've I, I talked about this before but the geography of the combat was always very clear to me the it, 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 it didn't fall prey to the let's do really cl- big close-ups where like it's just like muddied and like fast mm-hmm. and rapid fire no I was always clear where Falcon was in relation to the to the helicopters to the to the to the guys in the suits like really just a stunning opening scene uh just just very well done yeah and just to echo what you're saying it felt what what i liked about it not only did it make him like seem cooler to me like whoa that's really cool use of like these wings and this tech and stuff and he's got the drone and it's opening up the door for him and stuff um but it also just gives you the feeling like this guy really knows what he's doing with this stuff like Mm -hmm. he feels very familiar with it and it just you know I, it just makes it seem cool, like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought of doing that. But, like, he's been using this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. And then kind of in that same vein, I also like that they show him, like, fixing his own tech. You know, yeah. I, I like yeah. that was, like, a nice touch where, like, I got to – I this is my stuff. I need to keep it maintained. Nobody else knows it like I do. So I like that. I will say this isn't really a nitpick uh, because I understand why they don't do it. You know, they don't want – and it's the whole time he's flying around and he's like crashing into the side of the canyon. I'm like, I think he should be wearing a helmet. <laughs> you know, this seems unsafe, but I get it. You don't want like it's maybe a little too Iron Man if you give him a helmet or something. But it's like this feels unsafe. He's like just got goggles on. Like, I feel like he needs more protection. But that's okay. I, I did think it was a, a great decision on Marvel's part to open with a big action sequence too, given the rest of the episode, um, which, which I really liked. But uh, I remember when WandaVision, the first episode of WandaVision, I was pretty shocked that Marvel kicked off their entire like TV series of shows with a 20 minute, like 50 sitcom homage, homage. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was was really, you know, I, I, I feel like, I remember thinking like Marvel should have just released the first couple of episodes like together to really mm-hmm. give people a sense of the show because that first episode was just so um, like it was it was well done but it was just I guess it just didn't really um, capture uh, me in in a way I thought like their inaugural show 
should have aimed for, right? I, yeah. I mean, obviously it worked out and it's a great show and, and it, you know, we weren't going to cover these shows, but it ended up being so good that uh, we decided to come back and, and start covering these shows. Uh, but I thought with Falcon just kicking off with a big action movie sequence was like, okay, cool, fans, you want this? Here you go. He's an awesome superhero. But now let's get into the character studies that yeah. uh, this show's really about. Yeah, let's, um, let's just, uh, for the sake of discussion, let's, because they don't cross paths yet in the in the show mm-hmm. uh falcon winter soldier let's just kind of go through falcon's part of the ep- parts of the episode and then we'll switch over because they're also quite different you know there's they're different characters obviously and they're doing different things and at some point they'll come together i'm sure and start fighting crime together or whatever they, whatever they're going to be doing so falcon uh you, you have that great action sequence you have him like not feeling he deserves the shield, Captain America's shield, and he uh, ends up giving giving it back. I I kind of, which I kind of respect because as a as just a fan watching the the movie, the End Game, where that happens, I was like, I, I, I it was just it's probably because falcon didn't have a chance to shine enough to feel like mm-hmm. oh this is the successor of captain america i was like whoa he's mm-hmm. captain america now and right. so i like that the that the show is like saying the character doesn't feel like he's there yet and then maybe right. i mean you kind of almost assume maybe 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 not that by the end of the of the series he feels like yes now i'm now i feel like i'm up to the challenge or now i feel like i have you know I, I can take up the shield, you know. But. Well, I remember when, when when we saw it in game, we talked about it, David. And I, 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 the movies didn't earn Falcons because you know in the comics um, Falcon does become Captain America, but it's it's it's. I mean, they have what decades of like comics like establishing their friendship, their relationship, Falcons, you know, um, achievements and everything. And the movies, it was it. I mean, Falcon even in, even in the movies that he should have had more screen time. Uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War, he doesn't get much screen time, and then by and then you jump into the big um, Avengers movies, and um, you know he what what made it weird was when he, when he got the shield in Endgame was it would have already been a little odd because again he wasn't featured prominently um, in the movies, but what made it doubly bizarre to me at the time was they chose to blip him out. Remember, uh, like he yeah. was one of the characters who got blipped out, so. It's not even like you could be like, well, he did all these cool things the last five years off screen while the world was in chaos, right? Yeah. Like, it's like Cap has missed his best friend for five years, and then he comes back and he's like, "Here, you be Captain America." And it's like, uh, hey, I, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I thought that was that was what made it bizarre. Like they should have, they shouldn't have blipped him out. Is really what they should have gone yeah. with like and and then at least you could buy that off screen all this happened or you know just have a throwaway line or something um so i thought that was odd i i, I think that's the nice thing of the show though is we get to flesh him out a lot more and man he's he's he, I, this 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 episode really made really fleshed him out in a, in a very compelling way um i do like how both wandavision and this show are going all in on the blip i i yeah i I mentioned last episode with wandavision i was when when marvel did that in endgame i was like whoa okay well in comic book logic like you know the next movie is just going to totally ignore that half the universe got wiped out um but they have it they've they've been leaning into it and and talking about the the costs and and the impact it's had on people on society i like that the villains at least it seems like are going to be a group that's centered around 
basically a cold or, or, mm-hmm. or, or a movement that arises um, wanting to go back to, <laughs> to, to a half-empty world. Like, that's, that's a cool villain. Like, how do you fight a villain like that, you know? That's, that's a neat idea for a terrorist organization. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that the how they would achieve those goals. It seems like kind of like not you know not a good goal in mind. Like, <laughs> let's kill half the population. I don't know. We haven't heard like heard what their their spiel is and what their like how, what their followers believe or whatever. But yeah, it's like I guess I guess if you had if you were here those five years. And, you know, you went through all the turmoil, both like physical turmoil and emotional turmoil of just getting the world working again. And then everybody came back and like now you uh, uh, kind of things are broken again. I mean, I get it's believable that people could have that feeling of like, why are you know, we moved on. Why are you back? Although, but then you're getting your loved ones back too. So I think you'd be like, uh, we'll make it work, you know, but maybe these are people who don't have loved ones. I don't know. We'll see. We haven't heard much from like that, from the villains. Well, yet, it sounds so. like they want to, they want to destroy the government. So, right. Go back to, there's, there seemed to be an implication if I read it correctly, that in the, in the time of the blip, um, borders, national borders kind of broke down. I, guess, I mean, because I guess mm. there were so few people. Um, and it sounds like, what, what are they called? The flag... Uh, flag smashers. Flag smashers. So it sounds like they kind of want to break down. Like, they don't want... I, I don't think they want to kill half the people so much as they want to bring back the society that was evolving or developing that's sort of more... Um, uh, uh, like universal. Like cosmopolitan. Yeah. Although, although although it's weird. Like, like they, they you would think it, it's a cosmopolitan thing, but they kept keep talking about how chaotic it was in that time between. So maybe it's an idea... Maybe it's an idealism that they have about where society was going to go now that uh-huh. uh, maybe everyone, you know, kind of like, kind of like how like a Watchmen envisions at its end. Maybe, maybe, maybe after the blip, like society started, there was a lot of chaos, but also like governments were beginning to like coalesce into like a, a more united Earth. Um, yeah. Just because of this big intergalactic threat, and now that everyone's back, it's going back to more traditional things. Which, which, if that's if that's their goal, that is a really interesting, yeah, idea to explore. Man, like, I, I, are they even bad? I mean, obviously they're going to be bad guys because their methods are are bad. But like, <laughs> is their goal even a bad one necessarily? Apart from their methods, which I think will be an interesting thing for our heroes to. I I think you're right. I think that they'll definitely be taking that angle with it. I mean, I was being a little facetious about them wanting to murder half the planet but i do think they're going to be more along the lines of you know like you just said you said it uh said it well um that let's get back to that maybe and maybe they're just idealizing it and wasn't um exactly true but let's get back to working together as mm-hmm. as a planet um, when we had to struggle and come together because we lost half the population and i did I, I I don't know comics history super well. I did look uh, this up briefly after the the episode. So I guess Flag Smasher was like a villain, like a character, like a person oh, in the comic books, okay. and he was a, a Captain America, you know, villain. And I don't know if there's going to be like a Flag Smasher who leaves who leads the Flag Smashers, or if they just now it's just the the name of this um, group. But he was very much kind of those ideals of like anti-government. We need to like tear down, basically tear down 
what it seems Captain America stands for in the comic books. Like I represent America and, you know, all the ideals of America. And so this was kind of the character who was like the antithesis of that. So I think they'll be playing around with some of those things, especially not to jump too far ahead to the end when we see a imposter Captain America and you kind of get this feeling, even though this is a character from the comics, which I'm not super well versed in, uh, you kind of get the sense that like, I bet this Captain America is going to do some stuff that we're not going to appreciate, you know? And maybe it's just like, I don't watch the boys, but it gave me kind of a boys feeling. Like, this is like the boys version of Captain America. He's going to, like, be more violent than yeah. normal Captain America is. Or, you know, we'll see where it goes. But that's kind of the 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 jive I was that I was getting from it. So, but anyway. Um, so, I, I did... Well, one uh, aspect of the Falcon storyline that I found interesting, and I don't, I, I can't quite call this a nitpick because I think, you know, they couldn't dwell too much on it. They wanted to establish that Falcon and his family, his sister in particular, are kind of in dire straits. But the whole, like, would he really get turned down for a loan? That just seemed a little like he's the guy's like recognizes him. You are an Avenger. He sits like a a selfie with him. And then he's like, but you haven't had income for five years. It's like, don't we have, this has had to have happened a lot. And I get if it's somebody who's trying to scam you and like get a loan that they don't intend to pay back. But you just established that he's an Avenger. He's like a hero. And, And then it also brought up like, I mean, he's a government employee. Like he... Clearly, even though he doesn't have that five years, which would you would know why you would have years before that where he does have income and he would have income now. I mean, I know he said, how are the Avengers being paid? It's like, oh, nice people liked us and gave us money. But he still has to be getting paid. Like, he still has to have a salary or something, right? Like, it was just really weird. Not to mention the fact that the sister, like, was able to still, I mean, I, I get that she's struggling, but she was able to maintain this business for the five years while it was gone. Like, doesn't that mean anything? Like, the whole sequence was just like, I feel like this, like they could get a loan somewhere. Like, somebody would say, you're an American hero. We trust you that you'll pay this back. I don't know. It was a little weird. Well, they, 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 so, so the, I think they muddied some of the terminology there. I, I think what was happening was the sister was applying for a for a, a consolidation loan to mm-hmm. to refinance her, her 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 mortgage and her business loans into one one uh, uh, low rate package, but they kind of I think all the terminology got jumbled and that got clouded. I took it as Falcon was basically going to be the co-signer now, the co-borrower mm-hmm. on that refinance. Um, I, the scene to me though, I I really like that scene this, this, despite how it, it, it muddied some of that because I think the scene was sort of establishing. What I hope the series would do, which is, which is like, it's not, you know, part of the reason Falcon doesn't take the shield. It's, it's not just that, like, oh, he doesn't feel like worthy or ready. It's that as a black man, like, will America mm. accept him as Captain America, as mm. the representation of this country? And, and I, I think that scene and, and the sister's comments about like how like, oh, sometimes some, she said something along the lines of somehow they always seem to have, you know, tighten, tighten terms or regulations when when it, when, when it comes to, to us. Yeah, people um, like it, us, yeah. People like, like us. Um, I, I, I think the scene was, was really setting up, setting us up as viewers to, to understand that like 
institutional racism and, and the legacy of American racism is going to be a theme in this show. And, and in, in, I think here it was more subtle and more implicit. Like it, it you know, the banker was not portrayed in any, you know, he was not like this mustache twirling racist guy, but mm. like you said, it is kind of odd that like, you know, she's, it's a struggling business and, 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 and yeah, like he's been built out, but there's really good reasons to give him the loan. Um, why didn't he get it? And I, I think, I think the scene is meant to cause us to, to wonder if mm. race was the factor and, and to sort of set us up for, for more detailed explorations into the role racism might play. Um, I, I mean, particularly with the end of the episode where like he gives up the shield and then the shield without consulting him, without telling him the government goes and gives it to a white man. Right. Like, mm. and it's, uh, I think that's good. I think that that is going to be a factor there. I, I would say, you know, I, I think one of the things I want to see the show now that it sets us up, I hope it does explore that more. I hope it doesn't shy away from that. I think that's um, a pretty powerful issue to explore uh, through this lens uh, that and 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 especially especially with not just not just not just because of falcon as a black man but now because you have another white captain america what does that mean and how does how does falcon reflect on that and 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 what impact does it have on him yeah i mean i think i definitely think that would be uh, interesting uh topics to explore if the show uh, does do that and maybe they will do it to an extent i i just wonder if that'll kind of fall by the wayside a little bit once like they come together i mean who knows i don't know what the, to totally expect from this show but like i i, I just kind of envision when uh falcon winter soldier come together it's going to be more of a like let's go get the bad guys kind of thing but hopefully it'll be um you know more interesting than that um i i guess my i guess the that scene I mean, I I do agree that they they weren't coming out right out and saying it, but they were implying it like that. At least the sister feels like there's racism involved in this decision, um, and unfortunately, you know, racism is a powerful force in our country. But another powerful force is celebrity, and I, I guess that's kind of like we just see Falcon being awesome. And there's just like, and this guy wants to get a selfie with them, and he, you know, loves the Avengers and stuff. And which is not to say if you're a famous black person, you don't, you're immune from racism. Obviously, that's not true. I just felt like the bank would have been like, or if they would have said, okay, we'll get Falcon, we'll give you the loan, and you can work it out with your sister with the how that money gets divvied up. I, I, I mean, I'm not a uh, maybe this is you can't do things like that, but I, I just feel like the bank would have been like. Hey, we we can like we can put the Falcon like in an ad or something like hey we're helping out an Avenger or something. It just felt like I think they would want to get in the Falcon business if they could because it's like you know kind of that celebrity aspect. But I mean I, I get it. I get the scene. I get the scene was kind of muddled and probably a little rushed uh, to to. But I, I do think it would be interesting if they kind of do explore some of those aspects. And just another. It's kind of interesting because we're talking about the Falcon, uh, uh, you know, just kind of exploring his storyline. And I really enjoyed his parts of the show more than the the Winter Soldier. Obviously, the Winter Soldier has some kind of dark stuff going on, and so it's a little harder to enjoy. But I liked that 
you know, the the Winter Soldier, for obvious reasons, is a little bit more of an, an enigma. And like when his uh, he's being asked by his date, uh, like who like who's your family? And like I can't answer these things because he's 106 years old. So you can't do the same things with that character. But I liked that we get to see Falcon's sister and get to know a little bit more about maybe where he came from before he's this superhero, basically. So I just like that stuff and just i just thought i just came out of this liking falcon way more than when i came into the show so mm-hmm. i just i enjoyed what they did with the character so yeah no he he i i thought his stuff was great i, I really like how they just spent time with his family too I, I think it you know speaking of that the bank scene and just in general the scenes with his sister i i, I think what what else they were going for besides showing um how racism can some somehow be this sort of implicit thing and not an explicit thing um was was how um i think it also goes to set him up as a relatable character you know marvel one of the things that distinguishes marvel from dc heroes dc heroes are larger than life they're icons and the marvel heroes tend to be like you know just regular dudes and and gals who like 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 peter parker you know like he's always like some bro college student right like and, and again like if you want a nitpick it's like uh, Peter Parker's a scientific genius. Why doesn't he just like patent like his, you know, uh, industrial strength webs or something and like yeah. make billions of dollars? And I guess eventually in the comics they do go with that storyline, <laughs> but but it's not really the character, right? And I and I think here too I like how it set up Falcon as this just very relatable guy. Like you do see him doing these awesome things and being this awesome hero, and you even see like you know um, that couple thank him for you know being an Avenger and, and uh, undoing the blip and everything. You're like, wow, like he's internationally renowned. And then like you see this scene where like there's something he can't just, and his sister even says it like, you think you can just come save the day, but mm-hmm. there's some things you just can't like do. And it's like, yeah, like, cause he's, he's still, he's not Tony Stark. He's not a, yeah. a he's not, he's not Bruce Wayne. He's just, he's just a, you know, a, a regular working dude who, I mean, gets a military salary, I guess, but isn't um, crazy rich. So I, I thought that was, that was very much in line with Marvel heroes and, and a great way to set him up uh, as a relatable character. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, you mentioned Peter Parker. I think that was, has always been uh, regarded as why that character is so popular because, you know, originally started as a teenager and you got like, you know, teenagers reading these comic books and like, Hey, he's struggling. Like he's a nerd. I'm a nerd reading a comic book, but he gets superpowers. And yeah, so it's definitely, uh, I think that's a good way to go, especially since probably Winter Soldier is going to be less easy to identify with as a person, you know, like because of his history. So, you know, I think that's a good, probably a good, <laughs> good avenue to explore is with the Falcon. Uh, so let's see. Uh, do you want to move over to Winter Soldier? Or did you have anything else? Yeah, on? yeah. So Winter Soldier, just let's move on to him because I, on a related note, you know, you were talking about celebrity. I, I, the scene that struck me as a little odd was when, um, um, when, when, when Winter Soldier's date didn't seem to realize who he was. Uh huh. <laughs> and I was just like, like, I mean, the dude was an Avenger towards the end. I think, I think, he, or he worked with them, but he was also an internationally wanted criminal. Like having yeah. just watched Civil War, like there is an. But international- he had that like mask over his eyes. <laughs> he was doing like COVID protocols before it was cool. <laughs> That's <so>. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just curious, David. You know, thinking about it, I was also thinking like, you know, you're mentioning celebrities and like. You know, if I think of like sports stars, like there's major sports stars, like mm-hmm. and minor sports stars. You know, like if I saw like Tom Brady, 
yeah. like on the street, I'd know who he was. Yeah, but if yeah. I saw like I don't know, like the the linebacker, what team does he play now? He's not. He's not even. He's in uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa. Like yeah. if I saw a linebacker from Tampa Bay on the street, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you would mean, see like I'd, a huge athletic looking person, and you're like, right. well, I don't know who that is, but he probably does something <laughs> athletic for a living. So at first, when I saw that scene, I was like, how does she not know who he is? Like, and then eventually, I was like, well, he's probably like a C list Avenger. So <laughs> like, people just probably are like, mm, I, there there is some, people might know there's some dude like that on the team, but like, yeah, don't really recognize his face. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. And I think she did mention like him wearing gloves and stuff, but he's like constantly wearing gloves. I think that I think I would be like, I mean, I get it. The the actor and therefore the character is a handsome person, so you're probably like, well, I'll go out on a date with you. Why not? We'll see how it, how it goes. But I, yeah, he gives kind of creepy vibes. I don't think I would totally be into like going on a date with this person. It's like, why are you always wearing gloves? It, like that's weird. And like, you that's seem some very serial moody. killer vibes, right? Yeah, like, very... why are you not leaving fingerprints anywhere you go? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then he's just leaving in the middle of a conversation. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if I would have been so quick. Although she's apparently that's the place that they go so she seems somewhat familiar with him so maybe she felt a comfort level with them over time it's like okay you don't you don't appear yeah. to be a serial killer but i don't know I, I really like that scene except for one thing this was one of the few that scene was one of the few nitpicks i had in the whole episode one because of the of the lack of recognition but also you know she's like oh come i get off at 10 come pick me up and he's like okay cool and he comes back and then they just hang out at her work. And it's like, if I was going out on a date, I wouldn't want to just hang out at my work. <laughs> like, they were probably just saving on set design or whatever, you know, set yeah. cost. But it was just like, I just thought it was a little odd that, like, uh, like, it was cute they played board games. I like that and everything. But it was just kind of odd that, like, the date was, um, and, but who knows? Maybe it's like a family-owned business or something. And, like, so, like, that yeah. is, her, it's like going to her place or something. But I just thought it was kind of funny that, like, Let's have a date here at my work. I just got off work and I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> yeah, and so I let's get out of here anywhere but here. Yeah, <laughs> that I see all day every day. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, so obviously, you know, a lot of this episode from Winter Soldier's perspective is he has this nightmare, um, a flashback really to you know when he's still the brainwashed Winter Soldier and he's in the course of killing his targets he there's a witness and he ends up shooting the witness who then we later see is the son of this uh older man that he's been kind of going out to dinner with or just kind of trying to be friends with and providing comfort with them and that's uh, he has a list of people that he's trying to make amends with in in different ways um and so he can't bring himself to tell him the truth so i just thought as like an episode, like a self, it's not. Con obviously, we'll see more of this character, the the um, the plot line of this uh, of Winter Soldier for the entire run of the show. Just within this episode, even though, like I said, I enjoyed the Falcon parts better. Just you know, it's a little bit more, especially the opening sequence, more like a super what you expect from a superhero thing. Um, I did find that that was just a, kind of a well-told story within the episode of him having these flashbacks. We see who the father is. He has this um, meeting with his therapist. Like I th thought it was just really well-structured. Just to, it, I, I, I'm curious to see 
the character's growth throughout the show um and how he how he works with obviously we've seen winter soldier and falcon together in some of the movies but just i'm curious to see how they work together because they're pretty yeah. different you know yeah. i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that just kind of the oil and water sort of thing so um do you have any other thoughts on i mean it's really not much i mean i kind of laid out what happens in the episode I, I have a whole uh, Captain America is secretly kind of a terrible person spiel. If you want to, if you want me to go on it. All right, go on it. Let's, let's, <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'll just finish by saying I, I also like the Richard Soldier's um, arc in this in this episode. I, I thought the whole episode was brilliantly written, structured, and um, yeah, Winter Soldier the way the way they they lay, they laid him out, layered his story, and unfolded it. Um, just, just really, really well. Done. I mean, the, the whole episode, start to finish, was just so well constructed. Just, yeah, pro- probably. I mean, probably one of the finest hours of Marvel um, live action filmmaking. I, I thought. Yeah, I mean, and it's both the Falcon storyline and uh, Winter Soldier. I guess what I'm really getting, what I what impressed me is, I guess maybe uh, Falcons was a little bit i don't for lack of a better term open-ended like you're just kind of we're kind of getting back in touch with the character where he is where he is now and kind of where he came from a little bit we see his family and the winter soldier was a little bit more self-contained but i felt like i really thought it was impressive that they told a story because a lot of the a lot of modern television i don't think does this as well like i think you could i think this stands on as an episode Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty well mm-hmm. but it's clearly the first part of a continuous story and i i was just impressed by how they were able to tell like i mean it's not totally self-contained episode but it, a little bit more so than i think what is usually done in modern television i kind of respected that like hey you can kind of tell like a sequence uh, uh, of a story like the winter soldier i feel like that's like i mean i would be disappointed if we never see uh the the elderly man character again like i felt like that it feels like that would be unresolved but if you never if they never go back to it if you feel like at least there was a sequence of events that's telling a story in that's relevant to the um to the larger story but it's kind of in this episode told a story itself and so i just kind of respected that and i don't know if every episode is going to be able to do that as well but you know, I've kind of have had, I've kind of missed the self-contained episodes. We don't really do that as much anymore. And again, this is not exactly what that was, but I like that it did it a little bit more than modern television tends to do. So anyways, Captain America right. is secretly not a, a great person. Let's hear it. Okay. And I'm glad you watched um, uh, Civil War because I got one of the facts incorrect last time. So... Because I just looked it up, you'll know more than I do. Because he just recently did a rewatch, and again to reiterate, I pretty much only ever watch a movie once. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd rewatch movies, but like as an adult, I'll watch a movie, and I don't tend to rewatch movies. Uh, so a lot of my facts are probably hazy. Um, but so you have Captain America, mm-hmm. originally just the scrawny kid has nothing really going on in his life. He wants to join the war effort. He gets superpowers basically from the government. He 
his his service time I, I mean i guess it's a little murky i don't know but his time of service before he gets you know before we see him again in the future doesn't seem that long because of because a, a certain segment of it he's just like selling war bonds and stuff and then he's mm-hmm. going on to fight in the war but it feels like like the war is towards the latter end of its if it's you know if it's runtime for lack of a better yeah. word so it's not like he was fighting this the war the entire time he kind of came came in and tipped the scales for victory right so then he comes now he's in our or the MCU present time from 10 years ago or whatever he comes back I guess the point I'm making is he wasn't actually Captain America all that long okay just keep that in mind mm-hmm. so part of what he does in Civil War is he takes Bucky's side. Now I'm, you can, uh, we don't need to do a whole pod on Civil War necessarily, but in my one time watching it, I was like, I think Iron Man is, I'm more team Iron Man here. Like he's just like, doesn't it make, and maybe like the accords or whatever, maybe the specific language of the law isn't perfect, but maybe we should work together with like world governments to make sure we the heroes are doing things like we're following laws we're doing things that are generally safe and we're thinking about these things and maybe we need to fine-tune what this law looks like i I get that not everybody would want to be registered and things like that but he's at least in the movie like i get in the comic books this is a storyline and maybe it's a little bit more fleshed out but in the movie i feel like captain america is just like no i need to find Bucky and like clear his name because he gets kind of set up as like the bomber and but he's not really the bomber that kills the dad of um uh what's the character's name um why am I blanking Black Panther oh yes and so I think I just always hit me as weird like you're supposed to be Captain America like a beacon of like what's right and I'm this is my friend who I want to help. I get that instinct. But it's almost like I want to help him hide and like not like why can't we hold basically what we see in the show? He has terms that he has to meet. He has to go to therapy. Like he you don't just get to like pretend you didn't kill people. Like I sure. get it. You're brainwashed. Right. But you don't just get to hide in Wakanda and like feel like, oh no, I'm I'm cool now. I'm Captain America's friend. I get to do, you know, he's he vouches for me. It's like I get that he was treated like he's a victim here. He he's being made to do things that he doesn't want to do. But maybe we need to hear like you could help us understand like who did you kill? Like like help us here and go to therapy things like that and we'll get you on the right track. You don't just get to be on a run from the law. But Captain America seemed to be like, "No, this is cool. I'm going to help you escape like like any sort of uh like where we can try to figure these things out." And again, that's just my recollection of watching it once, so maybe I'm wrong. So I think that's kind of terrible. Uh-huh. I think that's just not what I would want from Captain America. And then in like Endgame slash um, what was before Endgame? Um, um, in, uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. 
he's kind of like, and maybe everybody agreed with this. And again, I've only seen these things like once, but I remember him being the one like, we're not giving up vision. Like we're not going to sacrifice one person. Okay. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you should like <laughs> sacrifice the robot so that half of the entire like gal no, universe, all half of all sentient life in the universe doesn't die. Why are you get to choose what we're doing, Captain America? This seems like a terrible idea. Let's I think you're going to say, that- so, well, say so Wakanda doesn't get like smashed and destroyed, but you're well, right. The stakes, were, the stakes were even higher. The stakes were even <laughs> higher than that. Yes, that too. And he was like, no, we're not going to... I mean, it just seemed very much like his what he was doing with Bucky. Like, no, I'm going to save Bucky. I don't care what the laws are. Like, I, I'm Captain America. I get to decide. And uh, in this one, you know, in this one, like, no, we're not letting Vision die. We're going to let, instead, let half of all living sentient life perish and Wakanda gets destroyed and everything. <laughs> and then, so that didn't seem like great. But here's the, here's the, t- the, the, the topper. So at the very end of Endgame, everybody has sacrificed. Again, Team Iron Man. I'm on Team Iron Man. (laughs) Iron Man has a family. He has a wife and a child. He's willing to literally sacrifice his life, snapping everybody back into existence, which Captain America helped happen because he wasn't willing to give up vision. Um, So he sacri- he makes the ultimate sacrifice. We see he ha- he doesn't even want to partake in this like time travel thing. He wants to just be with his family. He gives up his life. What does Captain America do? Who hasn't again hasn't been Captain America all that long? Like he's been like the modern era. He's been Captain America longer. So you could say like, oh, he's been a hero. He's been giving everything for his country. Like what? Maybe a few years. And now he decides to go AWOL. Like, I'm going, oh, oh, guys, I'll volunteer to bring back all the stones back to where they belong. And then goes AWOL, goes back in time with his girlfriend, who I know we see that character at some point, I think maybe in one of the Captain America movies. And like, but maybe she meets somebody else. Like, you're stealing her away from whoever she meets and like marries. And like, she has a whole life without you. You're going back in time and saying, no, I don't care what life you had without me. I, I'm more important than that. So I'm going back and I get to, now I get to live out my life in peace. Now maybe we, he, he's still a hero back in the day, but I kind of got the sense he was like lying low so people wouldn't know he's Captain America. Yeah. yeah. So he goes back in time, disrupts the, the, the the intended life of this woman so he can be with her and and for like for what like i deserve this because i was captain america i put in a few years of like uh, of being a superhero so did everybody else and like (laughs) it's like you're that's terrible then he comes back as an old man like what's up guys the, oh, Tony Stark just died. This is his funeral. That's sad. I just had a wonderful life with my girlfriend this whole time, and or my wife now. And like, here's the shield. Peace out. Like <laughs> Captain America is terrible. He's a terrible person. You know, without without going line by line, Dave, I will say I thought that decision at the end of Endgame to do that with Captain America was just. I, one of the rare major missteps to me in in the, in the MCU films, like I just 
I yes, that that choice baffled me. So I, I, that's that's what I'll say there. But I, I feel like he doesn't get enough pushback. Even in this episode, he's like he gives him like the speech about Captain America, Steve Rogers. He was just a wonderful person. Blah blah blah. He gives him a speech when he's giving the shield back. He's got a like a whole wing of a museum apparently dedicated to. Him. And I get that he's like an in this world he's a, a very important person, but. Like, how do you reckon? Like, there needs to be like a part of that museum. Oh, by the way, he he like gave up on everybody in the prime of his life, and he didn't have like, he only had powers because the government gave it to him. And he, like, he's literally in the prime of his life, and he's like, "Nah, I'm cool." Like, I don't like. He probably can look back at moments like if I wasn't here being Captain America, like the world would have been in like a lot of trouble. And I'm still here able to do much of the same things. Like, I'm still, <laughs> like, a superhero in the prime of my life. Nah, that's cool. I'm. That's, I, that's not going to work for me anymore. Like, no, like, what are you doing? I think, I feel like there needs to be a wall of shame in the Captain America museum about, <laughs> like, the truth of the truth. who this person is. He's hiding out on the moon with Peggy Carter. That's the <laughs> yeah, truth. <then>. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Well, you know, it's funny. I want to... I wanna, talk about my rating for this episode and i, I think one of the things i want to say though is i, I think in terms of beige pain mm -hmm. uh going forward uh i, I kind of want to have a, a few thoughts and predictions for 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 what i hope to see and, and and if we don't see it it'll bring me some pain some klingon beige oh, okay sure um i i, I do want to see actually more of an examination of captain america's legacy like uh i i know marvel probably presumes everyone has seen the movies but i hope the show offers its own terms like, like the first episode was like, oh, you know, like, uh, it's not my shield is what Falcon said. But like, what does it mean to take up the shield? What does it mean to be Captain America? Like, I, like, I hope the show examines that more, more in depth. And, 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 and what, what would it mean for a black man to take on that shield specifically? Um, and, and I'm sure they will because they're going to bring in this, this uh, fake Captain America guy. So I'm sure mm -hmm. that's the whole reason for him. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do hope to see an examination of that. Um, going back to Captain America versus Tony, I, I, I I think with the flag smashers, you know, they're they're kind of more in the um, the team cap way, right? Like they kind of want like the world to just kind of be more like it, it, not free, but like less less um, less government specific government authority. It sounds like I, I think I don't know. Again, this is speculation. Uh, but what I, I guess what I would like to see is uh, a reexamination of 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 that 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 struggle between Stark and, and, and Rogers of, you know, what, what, what is more important to have security and stability and, and laws or to have freedom and flexibility, but, but chaos, like what, what is, what, how does that struggle play out and, and who's right, if anyone. And so I hope the villains, uh, vis-a-vis, -vis, um, Falcon, who, who was made clear in this show is now back with shield, um, how does that struggle play out and how does falcon see that struggle now having been cap's friend right but now fighting against a group that hopefully in some ways embodies certain parts of cap's beliefs i, I think that would be a really interesting struggle if, if in some ways he is fighting against um cap's philosophy e even if again i mean they can be clear villains and i think they, they probably will be um i think the fact that zemo is supposed to appear in this is 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 good mm -hmm. because again civil war was really a, 
a psychological battle that Zemo mm-hmm. unleashed, and I think I think he's he's a cool villain for that. Um, I want to see Zemo have a cool sword battle, like in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if they'll go there, but <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so those are those are kind of things I want to see this season. Um, and 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 I think I'll experience some beige if I if I don't have if all they my, don't deliver on that. If they don't deliver on that, but overall, I have to say uh, this is maybe um, premature, um, and maybe. Maybe they'll fail to deliver on this, but right now, right now, my rating of this episode is zero beige. I I have you ever given a zero beige? I I might have given it to the end of Mandalorian season two. Uh, Uh, I might have done that. Um, I think I was knowingly being overly generous there. Uh (laughs) Uh, Here, I I think uh, this is. I'll have to let it like sit um, for a while, but this may have been my favorite hour of Marvel. live action and, and i say that and what's crazy i mean we've known each other for a long time so this isn't a shock to you but falcon and winter soldier would not have even broken my top 25 favorite marvel characters up mm-hmm. until this show yeah and yet i absolutely loved it i thought it was just such a great show expertly plotted nuanced uh, brilliantly directed just just amazing and, and and what's crazy is like it could have been a movie I guess it could have been a four-hour or six-hour <laughs> Zack Snyder cut, um, but I don't think it would have worked the same way. I think I think television, it's neat to see something like this have a film budget, but have the pacing and time of a TV. It it is something that could not have been done even a few years ago. So may, yeah. maybe maybe again, maybe I'll regret this rating, <laughs> uh, but I, I have a feeling I won't. I have a feeling um, this show is going to keep delivering, and I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah, you know, when these MCU shows were announced, I wasn't that excited about them. It just seemed like them trying to cash in on properties that weren't able to have enough time, screen time in the movies. I think it's benefited from, you know, ha- kind of having a spotlight on them because because of the pandemic. There weren't there were some Marvel movies and probably other superhero movies that were supposed to come out that got delayed. So really, this is kind of... And I know there's the uh, Wonder Woman 1984, um, but that wasn't probably as widely seen as it would have been under normal circumstances. Uh, you, you know, we just they just released the Snyder Cut, but that's, again, kind of a new version of an older movie, so that's not really a new flag, ten, you know, flagship tentpole um, movie, so I don't th- know that this affected the creation of these shows because they were probably you know already done or were being made prior to any sort of lockdown stuff. But I think in terms of people viewing them, I think as you know terrible as our current situation is, in terms of something to be consumed, I think it has benefited from being kind of like. This is what people are watching and talking about. WandaVision probably had more viewers and kind of was the topic of discussion more than if it, if were if the world kind of had gone along as normal. Um, that's just a guess, but I think it's it does highlight that they're able to do things with these TV shows that set them apart from the movies, and they're not just like where you throw the castaway characters that you don't want to make movies of. They really have shown that they can do good stuff with these TV shows. And I think this um, this particular one, uh, even though it's a little bit more 
typically cinematic in some ways than maybe WandaVision was. It's just still so good. And I, I think they will be able to tell the story in this way that you, uh, you know, just kind of more detail and nuance that they might not be able to do in a standalone movie. So, I, I mean, in terms of beige rating, I, I mean, I have nothing like, even my nitpicks are not really nitpicks. Like I said, they were just like, I have no, I can't really say a bad thing against the show so far. I mean, I thought that as first episodes go, I just thought it established where the characters are really well. The action sequences just were top rate and, you know, didn't feel like a, sometimes these, I don't watch like the Arrowverse and things like that, but it seems like those are maybe a little cheesier. Like I, you kind at least to me, you tend to think of like TV versions of superheroes are just going to be lower budget and cheesier. This was not cheesy yeah. and low budget yeah. at all. So I've really was excited about that. Um, so I would, I'm only gonna be gonna give it a one beige just because I I like I'm like having a little wiggle room there. Like maybe this next episode will be even better, and then I'll be inclined to give that zero beige. So so, but you know if you flip it, that's like a nine out of ten. Yeah, that's a yeah. very good score. So it's like I, that one beige. I'm not even telling like saying it caused me pain because it really it didn't. But that's just kind of how our scoring system works. <laughs> I will say in terms of long-term things that will give me beige if they don't do anything with if they don't find a way to travel back in time to when captain america goes visits peggy carter and they're just like what are you doing steve you're just abandoning us so you can live back in time you're like i don't how old do you think he's supposed to be i mean i know it's not the age of the actor necessarily like 35 is that like what Captain America is supposed to be in this? Like maybe younger because he's pretty young before he becomes Captain America. Yeah, in the, in the movie. maybe thirty. If, if you even younger, was, if you figure it was early twenties when he became Cap, like yeah, man, probably really early twenties. Um, Frozen comes back. Let's say it's been well, he survived the blip, but let's say oh, it's that's been, true. The blip, let's say it's yeah. been ten to fifteen years. Yeah, I mean yeah. mid thirties, mid to late mid to late thirties with the super soldier serum though. Well, and then because when he comes back, he looks like an old man. I haven't done the math, but I think he would be like he looks good for his age. Oh, he would be like way older. Yeah. Like, well, what did Bucky say? Like 106 or something like that? Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. That's good. Bu- yeah. Yeah. That's right. They're about so, the same age. Yeah. So he would have been 106, but he looks like he's I don't in his 70s or something yeah. when he comes back. So I'm assuming that's super serum. So in other words, he's like 35. I'm going on this tangent again. Sorry for people who are listening, but so he's. He is 35, but he probably has, like, the body of, like, a 25-year-old or something like that. And my point is, he had a lot of left to give to his teammates and people that he loves in this in our, what became his home. I get he's, he's homesick for his past experience, but he just left everybody without saying anything, and I want them to travel back in time. And even if they don't drag him back to the future, they at least go, like, what the hell, man? What are you doing? Like, just give him a little bit of a hard time about his choices. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. That, well, thank you for listening. Join us next time. Hugo has his homework. He's going to, if he has time to do it in this next week, I don't want to necessarily put you like on a strict schedule of when you have to watch the <laughs> Snyder Cut. But at some point, maybe next week, Hugo will give us his thoughts on the Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. And then we'll continue to discuss uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, of course. So please come along with us. Thank you for listening.
of all the starships, in all the galaxies, in all the universes, I had to choose this one.